Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sports Virus Podcast, everybody. I'm Joe Castellano. We're brought to you by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, where they have had the lowest prices in Marin County, California, for over 60 years. Today's guest is Ray Woodson, the former CanBR talk show host, and here's the conversation that we had on Sunday. And Ray Woodson joins us from Phoenix, Arizona, where it's what, 109 degrees, you said, Ray? Uh, cool down. It's 108 now, Joe. <laughs> wow. I felt a breeze. I felt a breeze. <laughs> That's the kind of heat that the Giants are looking for. They're looking to get hot, and I'll tell you what, I think the game the other night on Friday could be a game that turns you around. I know it's a long season, and you can't really point at one game, but they were playing so poorly in that game against the Brewers defensively. I mean, it was comical almost. You have a third baseman coming over on a routine pop-up and knocking it out of the shortstop's glove, uh, VR out of the glove of uh, Crawford. But you come back in dramatic fashion with three home runs against Josh Hader, of all people, and you win it on a grand slam. I mean, that kind of drama... Uh, can lead to maybe a little momentum, it looks like, for the Giants as they win their last two games before the All-Star break. And, and the next day, with Yastrzemski up with the bases loaded, they get a box. Yeah. <laughs> he had him rattled. <laughs> but, but, you know, th- those are weird kind of wins, and, uh, you know, you can't sustain that. You, they're, they're overcoming their defensive lapses, but eventually they're going to have to tighten that up here in the second half. And, you know, part of it is, is due to circumstances that are a little beyond their control in that they've had a lot of guys out. Some of their best fielders are their older players like Longoria, Crawford, Belt, and so forth. And they've not been in there. You've had, uh, you know, mix and match and some guys out of position. And that leads to problems, including communication. Some of it's just, you know, silly stuff, gaps that shouldn't be happening anyway. But some of it is due to communication. And I think that's been reflected in the way they've played in the last uh, 10 days or so. However, they've been able to hit their way out of that. And, you know, that's kind of their, their trademark this year. They're sixth in the majors in runs scored. And I think they're top 10 in OPS or top 12. So they're one of the better hitting teams in the league. And we thought they'd be a team with some power this year. But uh, really surprised at how poor they've been defensively. I, I think they're 28th in defensive efficiency in the majors. Uh, you know, converting expected outs into outs, converting ground balls into outs. It's been a big problem for them this year. And, of course, that affects the pitching staff eventually. So that's something they got to tighten up. Uh, I understand the MRI on uh, Brandon Crawford was better than they'd hoped for, so maybe he's back uh, pretty quickly after the uh, 10-day uh, IL. Uh, he's, you know, going to take advantage of the all-star break. Uh, Brandon Belt is back uh, on the pitching staff. Jacob Junis came back today, got knocked around a little bit, but they have plans for him in the second half. That'll certainly help the rotation if he pitches as well as he did in the first half. But, you know, it's been kind of a disjointed uh, first part of the season, and I think they're about where you'd hope they would be. Uh, they're right down, they're on the cusp of the wild card. They're not as good as last year. You know, missing Buster Posey it might have something to do with that as well. <laughs> yeah. Along with a few other things. Like I said, a bunch of injuries. And you got, you know, key players who are in their mid thirties. That's gonna happen. Uh, you know, Farhan's been pushing the buttons and he's he's found a few guys like Luis Gonzalez, Yermin Mercedes and now VR and a few other guys and you know, they just kind of plug him in and put the finger in the dike and hope that the dam doesn't burst and it hasn't so far. 
Well, yeah, it's interesting when you look back to last year when they won 107 games, everything was working well. And nobody's pointing out uh, when Gabe Kapler is pulling off his line changes that it would be, you know, a bad decision for him to be doing that. Everybody's saying, oh, this is great. It's all working out. Well, when it wasn't working out, and recently the Giants were playing really poorly, and, you know, you're pinch hitting or, you know, you're pulling a pitcher like uh, Alex Wood in the in the fifth inning of a game when it looks like maybe you should have kept him in. All of those kind of decisions, they start to get scrutinized more when you're not playing well. So where do you stand on the way that Gabe Kapler manages his team? You go back to last year and then consider what's happened this year. And what do you think about the way, uh, you know, things are going for him as they go forward and, you know, whether or not the Giants are winning or not, if it's the right way to play the game? Well, uh, all the buttons pushed last year worked, and that goes so far. I mean, some of that's regression to the mean. The Giants were probably, their record was probably a little better than the team was last year, and it was a pretty good team, obviously. Uh, This year, a different story, there's less of a margin for error. And it's like we talked about, you know, when you lose a guy like Posey, it's it's huge. That's, you know, if I can be Captain Obvious. In fact, I might have gotten promoted to Colonel Obvious (laughs) after that one. I'm not sure. I mean, that, that that's, it makes a difference in so many ways. Now, Joey Bart struggled coming out of the gate, but, uh, man, he's had a real good week coming back, both offensively and defensively. And, you know, I think it was an interesting moment Friday was uh, when he hit that home run to make it 5-3 to three in the bottom of the ninth inning. Right. And he goes back to the dugout, and he puts his gear on, you know. And, yes. And, and, and a part of that is, you know, <laughs> Being a professional, saying, okay, there's a chance we may come back and tie this game, so I better be ready. But I, I think he was kind of making noises in the dugout before that about, hey, let's wake up, showing a, you know, a little bit of leadership there, although he's a rookie. Uh, I, I, I like the way he's carried himself and gone about his business uh, coming back from a, a you know, brutal uh, slump right before he got sent down. And, then, of course, with injuries, he had to, with Casale uh, getting hurt, he had to come back up again. Uh, but he's really responded well, and I think it shows a little growth on his part uh, as far as how he's handling the pitching staff, how he's handling these situations, and his approach of the plate is much better. So that's a nice little thing that you're seeing in, in winning seven of the last nine games. I think he's been a, a big part of that. Uh, I'm just looking for this team to get a little healthier and have a little continuity in the second half, and if they're able to get that, I still think they have a good shot at this. You know, part of the problem was just not having the regular guys on the field on a regular basis, and you know, they they look disjointed. They look kind of stale. They look kind of lifeless there for a while. But they're starting to get some of that energy, some of that mojo back. And uh, you know, it's one of these cases where do you want to, the All Star break to happen now when you're getting kind of hot, or is it better just to go into the break? with good feelings. I think in this case it's the latter. Just so not only do they have good feelings, and they, I, I think they have an idea of where they're going, but also getting guys healthy, getting guys rested, because this is still a veteran core team. Uh, most of their best players are in their 30s. So uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little better about this team going into the second half after the break. Uh, I know a bunch of them are probably heading up to Lake Tahoe, which is not a bad place to be this time of the year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, recharge, recharge the batteries. It seems to me, Ray, that if this team does make it to the postseason and you have a better chance with three wildcard teams now, it seems to me that they would be dangerous because of the fact that they have two top-notch starters 
that in a yep. you know a shorter series, that's really going to do well for them. Uh, you know, when you've got Webb and you've got Rodone, that's really going to give you a great chance. But right now, the thing that really scares me the most is that they have not been able to figure out what they're doing to close out games. I mean, you may have to go by committee. I mean, Duvall looked good today here on Sunday to yeah. finish out the game with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but at times he has had zero command. Uh, they no longer have Jake McGee. You know, they DFA'd him. Uh, they had Leon close out a game the other day, but I, I think they have to figure that out fairly soon. And I know that you don't always have to have a closer, one guy, but you do have to have a good committee of closers. And right now, they really don't have a, a good committee to be able to close out games. Yeah, well, uh, they might address that at the trade deadline. We'll see. Uh, you know, Duvall did look good today. I mean, the stuff is there. It's just the command. And sometimes he doesn't trust that fastball. Uh, Leon, I thought, made a great recovery Saturday. Yeah. After a rocky start to his outing. Uh, so that was a confidence builder for him. And I think this was a confidence builder for Radon today. I mean, I, I think I'd rather be in their situation than Josh Hader right now. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking maybe they work him into the game so he can get a little confidence back because that's the kind of game that can wreck you, uh, what happened Friday night. Yeah. I mean, it, when he came into the game, I was noticing he had given up four home runs in 29 innings, which is a little more than, than you want, but not outrageous. But that's the one area where he could be reached because you don't have to swing hard against a guy that throws hard like that. And if he makes location mistakes, the ball's going to go a long way. Well, as it turns out, he gave up an inning that's never happened in Major League history. You know, a team hasn't come back in the ninth inning hitting three home runs with a walk-off grand slam. So, I don't, you know, as tough as he is, going into the All-Star break, I don't know what that does to your psyche. And it had already been announced that he wasn't going to participate in the All-Star game, even though he was chosen. And, you know, he'd been very good uh, for the Brewers. But, man, I, that's not something I want to be chewing on for a week. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know, so I, I think I'm in a better place with Duvall and Leon right now than, than with Hader as, as capable as he is. But like I said, I mean, maybe that's something they address at the trade deadline, uh, August 2nd. Um, I don't know if they make a whole lot of moves this time around. Uh, I don't see a Chris Bryant type move out there. I just think they're, they're kind of hoping that they get a little healthier. Uh, they, they certainly have the bats. You know, they, they, they've definitely demonstrated some power and especially in this weekend. Here the Brewers come in, a home run hitting team. I think they hit one home run in the four-game series in San Francisco. So uh, the other thing is the Giants have an advantage in home runs against their opponents so far this year. So that part hasn't been a problem for them. Just a matter of uh, you know the defense getting a little consistency and continuity. You mentioned the trade deadline, and uh, our good friend Larry Kruger has been calling for the Giants to trade for Soto, Juan Soto, well, the yeah. superstar with the Nationals. Yeah. Now, that would that would take quite a haul. I mean, if anybody's going to make that deal before the trade deadline, you're going to have to give up so much, and you usually think of you know the big market teams doing that. And I think when you look at the big picture too, Ray, uh, you start to think about, well, if we're going to spend that kind of of capital on a player, uh, why not think about somebody like Otani, who's going to be available after 2023, possibly? You know, just something mm-hmm. thinking down the road. But I don't know that the Giants are the type of team that, that would make that kind of splash, right? I mean, they may want to add, but I don't know that they are, they're even considering trying to go after Soto. What do you think? 
Well, maybe that changed over the last couple of days when the Nationals said, all right, we're going to start hearing offers. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, he turned down $440 million, by the way. Wow. Holy smoke. <laughs> well, well, Joe, it was only $29 million a year AAV. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> right. that's an insult for yeah. a player of his day. <laughs> you know, that's, the, that's the way it is nowadays. Uh, he's, his, his agent's going to be looking for more than that. And, and, you know, that was sort of the elephant in the room that I was going to get to here in a little bit about Soto. I mean, that, that, that's changed the whole landscape, I think, in, in the major leagues. That's the kind of player who can create an earthquake as great a talent as he is. I mean, think about this, Joe. He's, his career wins above replacement is 20 already, and he's 23 years old. Wow. I mean, he's having kind of a down year. You know, his average is only a 250. Well, hell, a lot of players are, are way down this year in batting average. But his OPS plus is still 160. <laughs> yeah, but, so if that's a down year, uh, bring it on. <laughs> this guy is a generational type hitter. So for somebody that young who, uh, as I understand, is under control for a couple more years, they don't have to actually sign him to an extension now. Uh, that's the kind of guy that you unload a farm system for if you're going to do it. The question is, do the Giants have that? In the past, I'd say no, but they've definitely uh, – you know, stocked up in their farm system. That's definitely a need for the Nationals, who are bottom feeders now. So if they're going to do something like this, maybe no time like the present. Uh, you know, you, if you're talking about the Giants, you're talking about Kyle Harrison, Will Bednar, maybe Hanovis, the catcher, Marco Luciano, who I think is going to be a stud. He's 20 years old. Uh, Luis Matos, who's struggled a little bit, but still is a ter- terrific talent. Uh, and, and maybe one of the Giants' everyday players now uh, included in the package, probably an outfielder, since Soto is going to take one of those spots. Man, I tell you what, it's awfully tempting because it's it's not like you're selling the future, really. Uh, this guy is now, and he's a, he's an incredible hitter. And what was he? What would he do to a lineup like the Giants already have? It's pretty tempting, and and you know he's. He's going to be around, I would think, for a couple of years before you really have to get down to brass tacks and, and extend him. And by that time, maybe you're hoisting a trophy. Uh, and I'm not being in, in any way hyperbolic in saying that because you get a guy into the middle of the lineup uh, with the one and two pitchers they have, I mean, you have as good a shot as anybody. Right now, I mean, the Dodgers are, are a steamroller. The Yankees are a steamroller. The Braves are terrific. They're there are a few really, really good teams out there, but like you said, with the extra wild card, you get in, and you have a guy like Soto. Holy smokes, that's that's going to be certainly an entertaining team. That'll bring some excitement back. And you know, as you've seen, Joe, lately, I think Andy Baggerly wrote an article about this a couple of weeks ago about attendance being down, and they don't have a name player per se. They have a couple of the uh, holdovers from the championship years, but that's about it. And they're not out there every night because of injuries. You throw in a guy like Soto with his star power now, his stature in the game, uh, that would create a, a new level of excitement for the Giants. So, uh, hell, I'm with Larry on that. <laughs> I think you make a run at this guy at this time. I don't, you know, I think the Nationals are, are doing their, as Brian Sabian used to say, their due diligence. Why not see what kind of offers you can get and see if somebody knocks your socks off? I think the Giants have enough to do that. The only other 
part of the equation I'm unsure about is uh, how the possible sale of the Nationals by the learners is going to affect this, uh, and, and what's going to be the attitude of the new uh, ownership group if there is one. I mean, if you're buying this team, you'd want to have a player like Soto in there, right? Yeah. But but at the same time, he's going to be costing a boatload of money. Or, uh, how do you feel about that? So it's two sides of that coin uh, that really complicates things. And I, I'm not exactly sure how motivated the learners are, but it seems like they're they're in the exploratory stages too. So they're exploring trades for Soto. They're exploring whether to sell the team. They're very much up in the air. But I, I just think that if you're Farhan, uh, it would be dereliction of duty not to at least try to see what you could work out. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Giants haven't really been that team that's you know spent the big money on a player. Uh, you know, so that, I mean, if you're going to trade for him, you have to make sure you know that you're going to sign him to an extension. Otherwise, you you know, you're kind of wasting your time a little bit, right? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it was good to have Chris Bryant as a, sort of the rental player. Uh, and you didn't give up, you know, as much as you'd have to give up for Soto. But if you get him, you got to make sure you sign him. Yeah, but he he would be around for a little longer than Bryant would. I think he's not a free agent till twenty five. If I have to go back and check on that, I think he might uh, be so right. The, yeah, I, th- I think they're talking about an extension now because, well, I mean, of his stature in the game, and you want to lock him up. And obviously, the Nationals wanted to. They offered a fifteen year deal <laughs> for only four hundred forty million. So. We're talking almost half a billion. Yeah, yeah. and you're right. Talking, it, is, it is 2025, so you do have a few years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's a worthy gamble. Uh, it may not even be a gamble, you know. So uh, at, at the, as the time comes, you you broach that subject, but you can't get a hitter like this uh, other than by trade in San Francisco. The free agents just don't come here. So this is the way you got to do it. So I would, uh, I would say, you know. Bird in the hand versus uh, two in the bush. Uh, that's, that's the old saying here. I, I think that you have to seriously explore that. You know, it may not work out, but this is one of those cases where th- there's an opportunity that may be ha- uh, staring you right in the face. And and this is one of the times, one of the few times in in, in the last oh decade, fifteen years, where the Giants have enough of a stockpile in the farm system where they might be able to swing a deal. So. Uh, I'm, I'm giving Farhan free advice. Like, I'm pretty sure, as smart as he is, knowing what he knows about Soda, that uh, he's going to look at it. Whether anything happens, well, who knows? But hey, yeah, that's what makes this interesting. Uh, and thank you, Nationals, for spicing things up. <laughs> well, they need to do something to spice it up, I guess. Uh, but one, yeah. one great storyline, I think, going into the All Star break. The Seattle Mariners. I mean, they've won 14 in a row. Incredible. And yeah, I think it's 22 and three since June the first. So, I mean, this is just amazing how you could turn around a season like that. That they are the team to watch right now. Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, that the, that division still the Astros. And, and and by the way, what a year Verlander is having. Uh, yeah, he's 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 you know, on the way to a Hall of Fame career. But you know, Tommy John surgery coming back that that late in his career, it's it's a tremendous story. But this is what happens with the, the extra wild card now is you get on a little hot streak and, and you're right back in there. It looked like the Giants were falling out and some people were talking about, in fact, I think uh, Farhan was asked about being uh, buyers or sellers and he didn't feel even a week ago that that was going to be fair to this group of players. He still wanted to give them a chance. Well, they went seven of nine and they're, they're right back in there again. 
So uh, this is the fun part of it. Uh, I think in the National League, uh, things are kind of separating themselves, right? I mean, the, the, the next team behind the Giants, I believe, in the wild card standing would be the Diamondbacks, and that they're falling off the pace now. So uh, what we're seeing is the buyers and sellers kind of becoming more definite now. What the Mariners did is complicate things. They got hot, so they went from, from seller to buyer, uh, I would think. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's what it takes is a little hot streak, and you're right there. We'll have more with Ray Woodson right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give him a call at 415 453 2942. That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. Let's switch gears and talk a little basketball. Uh, <laughs> there are rumors flying around, uh, you know, some good sources, I guess, that are saying that Kevin Durant wouldn't mind playing for the Warriors again. The question is, would that work out well again for Golden State? I mean, at the time that he came to the Warriors the first time around, uh, you know, that was the perfect fit. Now, I don't know. Is that the perfect fit? They just won a title. Do they yeah. need Kevin Durant, or you know, would they be giving up too much to get him? What, what are your thoughts, Ray? Well, you never say you don't need Kevin Durant. <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, true. You know, it always can totally. help to have him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the guy is one of the best players in NBA history. Uh, you, we can argue about where you want to rank him. He's certainly top 15. Uh, and a premier scorer, uh, he's a little older now. Okay, but hey, Steph Curry's 34, and look what he's done in the, just in the past couple of years. Incredible stuff. So you never say never to somebody like Kevin Durant, especially since he's been here before. Um, you know, I, I think whatever happened between him and Draymond, they, they, I think they're capable of working it out. Certainly on the basketball floor, it could still be spectacular. But like you said, they just won a title, and they got these young guys. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to need a little bit more, I think, next year from the, the younger players. So you want to see them develop. But, you know, what happens with the young players when they develop, when they make their mark in the league, is eventually they're going to get paid and they're going to go elsewhere. I think you saw that with a guy like Peyton, for example. And, you know, kudos to him. I'm, I'm happy he, he got paid. Jordan Poole's going to get paid. But you can't keep all these guys, right? So, so maybe you're thinking, all right, this is Steph, Draymond, and Clay's window for a couple more years. Maybe we strike while the iron is hot. But we've also heard Joe Lacob and, and the Warriors say many times, hey, we're doing this not just for this window. We're doing a 10-year build-out. We want to keep this going. We think we can, a la the San Antonio Spurs. So <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot of good arguments one way for Durant, but I'm of the mind that somebody who is of Durant's size and age, and he's had some injury problems the last few years, I'm not sure I want to go down that road. I'd rather just see what I can do with this group and see how many of these guys you can keep. They've drafted pretty well the last couple of years, obviously. Uh, you want to see if they can keep that going. I think Steph, his window is still a couple more years, incredibly conditioned as he is. 
Uh, Draymond, you know, it, it comes and goes, but the last couple of games of the finals, he was certainly the guy that we've expected to see. Can you count on that down the road? I'm not sure, but uh, I would tend to go against a trade for, for Kevin Durant. Having said that, if they got him, you know, they'd still be one of the favorites to win. Uh, without him, they're still one of the favorites to win. I'm with you. I, I'm intrigued by it, but I still would rather kind of just see this team move on and, uh, you know, go with the guys they have. I mean, I think it's going to be yeah, pretty yeah. exciting. Uh, it's a leaner. Yeah. It's a leaner, Joe. But, yeah, I tend to, to, to keep with the guys that, that brought him a championship. You mentioned the window of opportunity, and I feel that way about the 49ers. I mean, they have a, a window here where they've got some great players that, you know, have been able to take them to the NFC Championship last year. And Jimmy Garoppolo was their quarterback. Of course, we know that he got hurt, and, uh, you know, he, he's had the surgery. They couldn't trade him. So now you have Trey Lance sitting there. And, and I heard an interesting take, actually, from Keyshawn Johnson uh, on ESPN. And he was talking about how – Basically, we've been sold that Lance is going to be Trey Lance is going to be you know the guy and and it's been a lot of marketing. We haven't really seen it on the field. What do you think about that take and uh, whether or not the 49ers are in a, a good position this way? I mean, is it better maybe that they do still have Jimmy G to sort of be the plan B? Well, yeah, pretty expensive plan B. Yeah, exactly. It, it may end up being that way. I think everybody wants to see how he comes out of these the surgeries. And, and kind of go from there. Uh, there's so much uncertainty about that. There's uncertainty about Trey Lance, been hearing some good things in the, the off-season workouts. And, uh, you know, I, I, all, you, all you can do is wait to see what happens on the field in a few weeks. Um, he didn't get much of a chance last year. Uh, Jimmy G got him to the uh, NFC title game and then kind of flamed out, and his, he, he could barely throw the ball at that point. He, he had a couple of issues with the shoulder and the thumb. So. Yeah. In, in fairness, uh, so uh, you know, I, I look at Jimmy G, and it's that love-hate relationship. You love his grit. Obviously, the players respond to him. There's a lot of respect for him in that locker room. But can he close the deal for them? He hasn't been able to do that. And on a team this this talented, like you said, that has that window of opportunity, you don't want to blow it again. Can Trey Lance bring him to another level? He hasn't played enough where you know what he's going to be, but you know they said that about Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago. Not to say he's going to be like Mahomes, who's been spectacular, but maybe it's a similar scenario. You can never know until you get out there and play, and they traded up to get this guy. So at some point, you got to put up or shut up, get him out on the field on a regular basis. So... Uh, you know, Joe, I'm looking at this at the 30,000-foot level. I'm not at training camp. I'm not there covering the team every day. But just, just looking at it from a broader perspective, I, I, at this point, I want to see Trey Lance. I want to see what this kid can do because I've heard some very good things. Yeah, Keyshawn's right. We're being sold something. Uh, we're being told certain things about him, and we can't really know till he, till he plays. Well, let him play. <laughs> you know, simple yeah. as that. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm rooting for Lance. At the same time, I really like Jimmy G. And I know that he's been uh, injury-prone, but that's not his fault. And if he does yeah. come back healthy, I just hope it works out well for him, where, you know, whether it be with the 49ers or another opportunity somewhere else because you know, it seems to me like he can still lead a team. He's not one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, but the guy is a gamer. I, I, I thought that he did oh, a really yeah. good job with the Niners. 
Oh, I, I think, and again, that's why the locker room responds to him, why he's loved by some of his teammates, and you can see why. I mean, really root for the guy uh, because he, he does have tremendous heart, but at some point, heart goes so far. Uh, you've, you've got to be physically sound. I mean, that's the other side of the coin. What if he is physically sound and he's, he's a better version of himself and he knows the system and he knows these players? Uh, but, you know, even when physically sound, he's limited in the kind of throws he can make versus, say, what Trey Lance may be able to do, especially the deep ball, uh, which, you know, they, they drafted another speedster. And, uh, you know, this is going to be an interesting part of their offense next year. Are they going to be able to stretch the field a little bit more? Uh, I, I think, you know, you, you drafted a guy like Gray hoping that, uh, you know, a guy like Lance can reach him. And then you have a new, new dimension to your offense and you have an even bigger toolbox for Kyle Shanahan to work with. I think that's, that's kind of what's been missing. I, I, in, in a way, it's pretty amazing, given some of the limitations they've had on offense, that they've been as productive as they've been and gone as far as they have. I mean, does Jimmy Garoppolo coming back sound? Does he give you that new dimension? I, I don't know. But, again, the leadership, the heart, you, you can't deny that in football. That's very, very important. No doubt. All right, to finish up, Ray, next week my guest is Bob Miller, the legendary voice of the Los Angeles Kings. And I know that, you know, you being from Southern California, you must have listened to quite a few Kings games. And, boy, you guys were spoiled in the L.A. area when you had Vin Scully and and Bob Miller doing the the Kings. And, you know, you you got all kinds of great announcers. What? uh, You also had the Angels uh, with Dick Enberg, right? Uh, it's every, everybody's enjoying, you know, great broadcast during that era. It was really a golden era. And that's one of the things that inspired me to get into radio. I didn't know how, but in some way I was going to get into radio. I knew that when I was 10, I knew that listening to Vince Scully. I knew that listening to Chick Hearn. Oh, I Chick Hearn, listening. right. I was going to say him too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I knew that listening to, to Dick Enberg, that I wanted to be part of that world in some way, shape or form was very fortunate to be able to do what I did. And I actually talked to Chick at length on the air uh, doing a, a radio show uh, in the mid-'80s in Salt Lake City when the Lakers would come up and play the jazz. It's one of the great thrills of my life. Um, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm sure you can ask Bob about is when he came to L.A., knowing what great sportscasters were there, uh, did, he, did he reach out to them and pick their brains? I think he did because the proof is in the product. He's... One of the he was right up there with him. He he turned out to be as compelling a listen. We're talking about L.A. in the seventies, listening to hockey on the radio and being glued to it. And I was. Uh, that's how good Bob Miller was. And you know the Kings were a lousy team, and they got a little better. They got into the playoffs, and they made some noise, and they got some exciting players like Marcel Dion and Butch Goring. They had Rogie Vashon in goal, and and he really brought that that uh, play to life a franchise that you know wouldn't get maybe nine or ten thousand fans a night were starting to sell out the forum Sixteen thousand and five, by the way was the sellout for the forum for hockey <laughs> good memory it was, yeah. it was 17,505 for basketball for the lakers not that i yeah i always i, I can't remember what i had for lunch today but i can remember this crap <laughs> drive home safely it, after they say yeah. <laughs> yeah but bob miller was truly uh, right up there in the upper echelon 
and I think uh, is going to go down as one of the great hockey announcers ever, uh, bringing the excitement of that sport uh, to the radio. You know, they, they, the Kings had a good announcer when they started out, a fellow named Jiggs McDonald. Oh, who yeah, to, yeah. Who went on to broadcast in Canada after that. And for one year, they had a fellow named Roy Story, who worked in the Bay Area as well. And, and Roy was uh, very different in his style. Uh, he'd sort of growl, shut and goalie scores, you know. <laughs> and, and That's a he, good one. He, uh, perfectly fine announcer. Not sure if he was L.A. style. Bob Miller was terrific. Uh, he, had, uh, he had Dan Avey as his color commentator, and they, they worked together for a long, long time. And then Jimmy Fox came along. And, and, yeah, I'll tell you a little story about Jimmy Fox. I was uh, doing some um, uh, stringing for Associated Press, and I, I got out of the forum in the early 80s. I covered the Lakers and the, and the Kings from time to time. And so uh, I went down there, and there was a game uh, with the Islanders. And the Islanders had won four Stanley Cups. It was yeah, four in a row, game. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the Kings drew 11,000 for that game. They had 5,000 empty seats. And I remember talking to Jerry Buss, who was in the locker room about it. I said, is that kind of disappointing? And he got a little defensive about it. And he's <laughs> like, well, you know, it's Tuesday night. We're, we're still, we're rebuilding this team, blah, blah, blah. And, and I talked to Jimmy Fox about it, and he, he, he was a lot more honest. He said, yeah, we'd like to see more fans in there. We're starting to build a pretty good team here. We, they, they tied the Islanders that night, and they, they're starting to be more competitive. And so I got a more honest answer out of the player. And I thought to myself, listening to him, uh, this guy's really well-spoken. I think he's got a future in broadcasting. I, I thought that when he was like 25 years old. And he ended up being you know, on the radio and on television for a long, long time for the Kings. So maybe I should have been a talent scout. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, uh, Bob Miller is, is one of the greats. A lot of fond memories listening to him. And I think you're really, really going to enjoy that conversation. Yeah, can't wait. That's next week. But for this week, thank you very much, Ray, for coming on and uh, summing up what's been going on here in the Bay Area and look forward to doing it again soon. All right, and anytime you need trivia from 48 years ago, I'm your guy. <laughs> That's Ray Woodson. And as we mentioned, Bob Miller will be our guest next week here on the Sports Virus Podcast. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.